um, engineers like to work for other engineers, e even if they aren't that great of managers. And so it's much easier for someone who's been in, in an engineering career to learn management skills than it is to, for someone who's been in management for 40 years to learn technical skills. And so it's a natural progression for sure. Hey, this is Nick Armstrong, and you are listening to the Founded in Foco podcast. In each episode, we get to talk to a mover and shaker in our community who's doing fun and interesting things. And today, we get to talk to the fun and interesting Dane Johnson, who is going to talk to us about Rev Zero. Dane, tell us about your business. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Rev Zero is a, a solopreneur venture of mine where I coach engineers turned managers. So you take the super geeky people and turn them into slightly less geeky people yeah, or geeky I, I, in a completely un additional way. So it's layers of geekdom. Yeah, I give them some new tools to now work with a new type of problem that they probably aren't all that prepared to work with, which is people. You know, I was a CIS major when I went through uh, went through college. And so I have a lot of experience with that. You have the folks who are straight CS and then you have the folks who are management of CS folks. Yeah. And sometimes those two worlds don't blend. So I can see how this would be a super viable business model. How did you get into it? Well, I was an engineer myself for about eight years. And I started Sorry to my... hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, I, I would not change a thing. It was fantastic. But I went from uh, focusing on problems that had solutions. Um, and then once I got into the business world and working in large corporations as an engineer, and seeing that every layer of management was engineers. Um, you know, I was seeing things at play like politics and personalities and behaviors that were not the, the logical engineering process you would have expected of engineers. And so I just became extremely curious about how to navigate that, how to work with it. So I went back, back to school. I got a graduate degree in psychology of all things, but got that from Colorado State University and that just opened my my eyes to a whole new world of human development and human behavior at work. Uh, the psychology I focus on really is the psychology of people at work. So what style of leadership is most effective? What does employee engagement mean? How do you measure this stuff? How do you find people that belong in your business? And also, how do you train complex skills? And that's really where I've focused within Rev Zero is how do you take uh, engineers who are successful at what they do, they're masters of their craft, but for whatever reason, personal or career or just change of, of life, they're ready for management. They want to get into it. They've had the opportunity presented to them because they've been so good as an engineer. And what do we do with good engineers? We reward them by promoting them. Unfortunately, the reward tends to stop there and, and, and organizations don't follow up with uh, any support of any kind. And it's almost like, all right, you're either going to be good at management or you're not. And what I found is you can you can train these skills, but the best way to do that is coaching, not by textbook learning, which is it what engineers do. They they fall back on the textbooks when they don't know what else to what else to do and where to learn from. And that's got to be a super frustrating thing because engineers are highly competent people. They're used to being successful. There's set rules for how to do things to achieve particular results. And people are not that way. And it's it's I think it's a stereotype that engineers are just not people people, right? It's It's that they're already highly adept at very good and tough systems and 
learning people is a, a completely different animal. And so expecting yeah. them to su succeed right away because they're highly competent and highly successful already um, and vetted in that way is just a recipe for disaster. So I love the approach of backing them up with mentorship, with coaching, with one-on-ones. Tell me about what does your process look like when you, when you go into consult with somebody, what does it look like? I've, I've coached everywhere from uh, chief technology officers to first-time managers to even project managers who don't have direct reports. And so they're trying to lead without without authority necessarily. And in the companies I work with in aerospace and in energy and manufacturing, um, the people that work there and the clients that purchase from those companies, they like seeing technical experts in leadership positions. It builds credibility for the business. Um, engineers like to work for other engineers, e even if they aren't that great of managers. And so it's much easier for someone who's been in, in an engineering career to learn management skills than it is to, for someone who's been in management for 40 years to learn technical skills. And so it's a natural progression for sure. And what I do is I try to get uh, new managers within the first year after they've been in management for a few months, they've tried a few things out, they've failed a few times, they've, they've said the wrong thing, they've had success with one person, but uh, failed with another. And so I have a 12-week program that I use for first-time managers. It's the only off-the-shelf program I have that is we're going to walk through um, learning how to manage the hardest person first, which is yourself. So self-management, uh, management of others, and then what leadership looks like and how to create a collaborative leadership structure and, and a collaborative relationship with your own manager. So that is one of the programs I have for new managers. Uh, for a chief technology officer or a team of project managers, it's, it's a custom-built uh, coaching program. We're going to identify what does the business need from this group of people or from this leader where do they need to grow? What do they want to grow in? And that that's going to be our focus for six months. And then I can bring in pieces of project management, change management, human behavior, uh, instructional design, whatever it is that's going to be most valuable to them to achieve their objectives. So the psychology that I bring to work is, is all about performance and progress and, and creating uh, cultures of collaboration and, and using the the skills that they already have to grow their business. Talk to me about some of the results that you see, because I would imagine that this has a, a beneficial impact on productivity, but also maybe on employee retention. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because uh, you definitely see it in new managers um, getting overwhelmed very quick because they keep trying to do their old job. And oftentimes they are the expert at the subject they're trying to lead other people in. So it's very easy for them to fall into the rescuer role of a project falls behind, they step in and they can do it all. They just don't have the time to. And so this coaching gets them operating at the light, right level a lot quicker. So the results that people talk about the most is the amount of time it took them to get to the point of being a true manager. So where you might see this happen organically very slowly over five years, uh, they're there in, in three months. They're delegating well, they're holding others accountable and they're letting go. It's when they can start letting go of their technical realm of expertise that uh, they're ready for the next level of management and their impact grows far beyond what they can do as an individual. Um, but on the flip side, there's other results here that 
may not seem all that beneficial, but can be really helpful and healthy for the individual and the organization is letting someone find out within the first six months that they don't actually want to be a manager, uh, that they are happier as a technical expert. And if you can get to that point soon enough in coaching, it's like, all right, it's it's not that huge of an impact for you to just step back into your old technical role and for someone else to be the manager. Uh, they're happier. They haven't spent six months to, to six years spinning their wheels and getting frustrated and burned out. Um, so it, it allows them to decide which path do they want to take instead of thinking that the only way to succeed is through management, which isn't the case. Yeah. Adapting to that best fit instead of the the Peter principle of racing to your level <laughs> of incompetence, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, exactly. Do you find that there are companies here locally doing this really well, either with your help or without, that uh, have have built in uh, people-forward processes for highly technical roles? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I've, I've been really surprised to find how many manufacturers there are kind of tucked away in northern Colorado and highly technical firms. Um, in situ is one. They do water quality water quality monitoring devices. They do everything from the product development to the uh, user interface of it. And that is a, a company that has really embodied uh, creating a culture of, I don't, know, I don't know a better way to say it other than humanity. It's like um, work is not something to be compartmentalized outside of your life. It's just a part of your life. And so I've worked with four managers now within that organization. And the common theme is they all love their job. They love where they work. They want to be good at managing people and they're, they're willing to try. Um, another example, I haven't worked with this company, but I, I see them a lot. And I was surprised to see that the people they've hired and that's Ursa Major and they are doing rocket engines down in Berthoud. And uh, I was coming out of grad school with a degree in organizational psychology and they were you know, just a growth stage rocket engine company, they were hiring a organizational development expert, hiring people experts, like they've been very intentional about building a culture where their leaders are growing personally, individually, um, but they're also deliberate in the culture they're creating. Where do you, where do you draw inspiration from? Who are the leaders that you look to as mm -hmm. shining stars and good examples of, of leadership in this space? It's always changing. Uh, it, it's hard to to put one company on a pedestal and, and say, this is the model to follow. Um, because then that company tends to, you can see this in the evolution of an organization is they get complacent with where they are, we're at. And so it's the groups of people and organizations that kind of uh, flow seamlessly from one season to the next uh, of, of organizational development. It's not oh, we're going to copy GE because that's GE was what you wanted to be back in the 90s. You don't want to be that now. Um, or you wanted to just a year ago aspire to be what Meta or Facebook and look at all the layoffs now. And so it, it the, the, the playing field is constantly shifting. But for me personally, you know, I, when I was an engineer in the largest corporation in America, when I got out of school, um, I was reading psychology books. I was reading philosophy books. I was not reading engineering books. And so I was moving towards pieces that looking for ways that um, leaders and businesses were doing things outside of the norm and that it was working. 
because it's very easy to find go look for a formula that's already working somewhere else and try to copy it and you never get the same results. Uh, but those people who understand enough about organizational development, leadership, human behavior, they know enough to, to craft their own culture. And it's whenever they've crafted it uh, to be unique to them that it's more likely to succeed. I've seen organizations that copy and paste. They, they take all the processes from this company and they apply it here. What they're missing is all the discipline and the creativity that came with creating the processes in the first place at this other company. Um, early on, I read a book, I think, uh, Reinventing the Organization by uh, Lalu, Frederick Lalu. Um, and that was just a phenomenal uh, manifesto almost, uh, but also providing examples of companies who went to the extreme of maybe the family-oriented, happy workplace, uh, and that that didn't quite work out. The dictatorial organization, that didn't quite work out. And so this constant evolution of what it means to work and how to design organizations. Um, Adam Grant is a great place to start for reading about some of this stuff. He's also an organizational psychologist. He has some great stories about companies trying new things. Um, Amy Edmondson, who writes a lot about psychological safety, which is something that I'm seeing is probably the most critical piece that a single manager can work to establish in their team, in their organization is psychological safety. So she has a lot of good things to say about how to do that practically. But I'm looking for anyone who's taken psychological research and they, they are looking at the practical experience of companies and trying to merge the two. You know, instead of saying, here's what research says, do this. It's like, well, it doesn't work in every situation. So how can you take the pieces that do work for you, adapt it? And the best way to do that, uh, and that's why I do coaching, is I can bring these pieces to an individual leader and they're saying, all right, I want to improve employee engagement. Okay, here's all the levers you can pull. Which one do you want to pull and which one makes sense for you? And then I can bring them a tool that others have tried, that research has backed up, and they can see if it works for them or they can customize it. And that's kind of the engineer in me. You take a piece of equipment and you modify it to work for you. Tell us about your topic at Founded in Foco. Yeah, so... Um, I have been fiercely independent my entire life. I got my first job before, without even telling my parents about it. I was 15 and I didn't tell them about it until I needed a ride to work. Uh, <laughs> but I've also been extremely risk averse and not entrepreneurial. I would not have described myself as entrepreneurial. And what I've um, found is, you know, seven years ago is when I started Rev Zero. And this was before I finished grad school. So I wasn't quite sure where I was going with this thing. Um, but it's been over the past seven years of Rev Zero how I that I've recognized how important community is. And despite me being a solopreneur and realizing that being a solopreneur is the right thing for me at this time of Rev Zero, I've tried bringing on employees, I've tried bringing on partners, and it just didn't work for me personally. So what I'm going to be talking about that founded in FOCO is how to build the community, foster the community that works for you. Um, yes, you can succeed by building a company with headcount, hiring people. You can also find success on your own as a solopreneur. And for me, what I've found is once I kind of broke out of my shell of trying to do it all myself and talking to other people about the work I do, hiring my own coaches and consultants to help me 
hiring people who are great at what they do for a single project, outsourcing well. So that's what I'm going to be talking about at Founded in Foco, how you can keep your sanity as a solopreneur, um, how you can grow your business without growing your headcount, and how to foster that community that really helps you. Yeah, and it seems like that's a, a talk that's really well suited to all of the things that you just described, and, and not just from the engineer's perspective of playing that role of the rescuer where something goes off the rails with either with your people or, or, or project or something. And you have to step in with those technical skills. And for freelancers, that's everything from being the janitor to the CEO to everything in between. So, uh, <laughs> and I still have to do some of my own website work, but I'm finally learning how to let some of that go. Um, and, and for me, it was bookkeeping. I had to just, I just yes. put that completely off my plate. And yeah. that's where I think that your talk will really lend some some credence because you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt in, in, in multiple organizations, plus for yourself. And you've seen how these um, this outsourcing of tasks uh, to keep yourself sane will really work. Um, is there something that our our listener right now can, can do to take some stress off their shoulders if they're a freelancer, if they're a small business owner who is taking on too many roles? What can they do right now to make their lives better? The easiest thing, and this is just for me, um, it was to get out and talk about the work I'm doing. And that was it. To get out of my home office, to get out of my sublet office, wherever I was, and talk about the work I'm doing. Because I, I love the work I'm doing and I want to be able to do it. And people only know you're doing it if you're talking about it. And, and on that note, you'll be at uh, Founded in Foco March March 1st through 3rd. Um, are you going to be hanging around beyond just your talk? Oh yeah, for sure. I've the got folks a lot come of, up and ask uh, you questions. I've got a lot of friends got, uh, presenting there. Got a lot of people that I respect. A lot of my community that that has been so important to me over the past seven years will be there presenting. So I'll be there supporting them, but also learning from them. They have some great things to say, and I need it. I'm ready for the next step in my journey as a solopreneur. And there's so many great talks already scheduled. So I'll be hanging around for sure. Awesome. Well, Dane, thank you so much for being one of those talks. Where can we find out more about you and your business? Well, I'm always on LinkedIn. You can find me there, connect with me there, but revzero.org. Excellent. Dane, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, and for more great entrepreneurial advice and wisdom from your fellow entrepreneurs, visit foundedinfoco.com. We've got tons and tons of backlog content that you can learn from to put into place in your business right now. And we hope to see you again next time. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Nick Armstrong, and this is a Founded in Foco podcast. For more great interviews like this one, join us at foundedinfoco.com.